Hey, it's John from CityCast. If you're in the mood to pamper yourself a little bit this week while supporting cruelty-free products, you should check out Bone Cur Home and Wellness. It's the best place in Portland to find everything from chic home decor to cannabis accessories. They've got a curated collection of vegan and cruelty-free home goods and wellness products because their name is French for kind heart, after all. You'll get a 20% discount on your first order when you sign up for emails this week at boncoeur.net. That's B-O-N-C-O-E-U-R.net. And use the code BONCOEURCITYCAST20. Portland Bureau of Transportation, or PBOT, has made the news these past few months for its plans to alter and in some cases even remove some major city bike lanes, all without notice to the public. And when pressed for comment, Commissioner Mingus Maps, who oversees the Bureau, offered a few versions of why this was happening and none of them were adding up. So today on CityCast Portland, we're talking with the editor of Bike Portland, Jonathan Moss. He's not only been following the story since its inception, he broke the news himself when he published information from whistleblowers from within Peabot. So go grab some milk because this is going to get spicy. It's Wednesday, November 15th. I'm Claudia Meza, and this is what Portland's talking about. So Jonathan, last month you broke a story about PBA modifying some pre-existing bike lanes, which would make them less safe on Southwest Broadway without the public's knowledge. And your reporting and all the blowback uh, made it so PBA reversed course. But now PBOT is back to messing with bike lanes, this time on Northeast 33rd. Could you tell us what's been happening there? Well, on Northeast 33rd, apparently they striped these bike lanes um, at like, I think it was like the end of September, right? So they, about a month and a half or so ago, they striped bike lanes on this portion of Northeast 33rd. It's actually a really important connection between a, a, a neighborhood greenway on Holman and then going north toward like Marine Drive. So a lot of people would take it. And it was a gap. There was no bike mm-hmm. lane there. And then all of a sudden, you know, what, last week or so, I, I start getting messages from folks who work there uh, at the city who are like, hey, uh, by the way, that bike lane is going to be coming out uh, sometime in the next couple of days. Uh, so it turned into sort of this like emergency situation. And then uh, they sent crews out to basically erase the bike lane stripe without letting anybody in the public know uh, what was going to happen. So the the activists in town showed up in force and basically had to stop the truck from moving down the street. It was this whole like, you know, stalemate standoff situation. And they ended up pushing the truck back essentially and enforcing the city to pause. And like you mentioned, it, it came only a month or so uh, after a situation down on Southwest Broadway. So it was kind of like a here we go again uh, thing going on. So it, it's strange times right now at the city of Portland's Transportation Bureau. Yeah, especially because PBOT is, you know, it came out that they don't have any money. Like they're in a deficit. What was it, like $30 million? That's what they're short for their budget. Who knows if it's more, you know? And so why are they messing with these projects that are done? You know, why keep throwing money at them? It's a really good question. I mean, they are, yes, you're right. This is, I know p- people have been talking about budget problems at, at PBOT for ever since I've been doing this for like the last two decades. It's always, you're always hearing about budget problems at PBOT. And I've been trying to convince people like, no, that's different this time. Like if they don't get a bailout from other commissioners and like other bureaus, 
they will be laying off many, 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 many people. It will be like at just really, really dark times uh, around transportation-related stuff. So yes, that's a great question. Why on earth would they then go, you know, hire crews to reverse things? Uh, I think what's happening there is a mixture of things. I think uh, the sort of like political leanings of the commissioner of transportation, uh, Mingus Maps. I think he's in sort of that camp that you know, ostensibly would say he loves biking and he does, you know, a lot like, you know, lugs bikes with his kids uh, around town and stuff on the weekends, goes to Sunday parkways, all this sort of stuff. It's great. But when it comes to the politics of it and like trying to position himself in Portland, I think he's in this camp of just like the back to basics. Sort of, I say that with air quotes, you know, like we need to get back to basics in Portland. And that to me is sort of like this euphemism really for like all this kind of like, silly talk about the fact that somehow bike lanes are unserious or bus only lanes are unserious uh, infrastructure and that, you know, it's really not uh, the the basic sort of bread and butter of what the city should be doing. Now, I, I just completely disagree with that whole frame, but the people that the commissioner listens to and talks to a lot, uh, and I'm, this isn't news to anybody listening to this, is there's a lot of people in Portland uh, that uh, I kind of agree with that and are like, you know, they get annoyed when lanes are changed and people can't drive as much and they they equate driving with business and economic mm -hmm. success, right? So you, you layer in the whole, um, you know, Portland is dying, Portland is hurting, downtown revitalization, all this kind of stuff. If you combine that with with people's perceptions about like who belongs in the streets and the fact that, you know, People look out and they don't see a bike rider in front of their business and they think all their business comes from car drivers. I mean, it just becomes this whole like weird political discourse about, you know, what what Portlanders need and want and what PBOT should be spending uh, spending their time on. And I think uh, not only is Commissioner Mapp sort of like on that tip, mm -hmm. you know, he, the other way of talking about that is saying uh, – we need to balance all the needs of Portlanders. Yeah, but still, like, okay, sure, you know, we need to be more fiscally responsible, we, you know, and all this stuff. But then why waste money on something that's done? Like, that's the whole thing. So you mentioned businesses. You, I mean, Southwest Broadway, the, a, a reason why they were trying to modify those lanes to make them less safe was because a lot of um, some hotel owners or managers were just saying, hey, these bike lanes are impeding uh, cars or people to come up. And that's why we're kind of tanking in business. Like they're equating essentially bike lanes with, with uh, getting in the way with business, which is like, that's not why people aren't coming to Portland right now. It's not because of the bike lanes. Uh, but you have to think about Mingus Maps. He's running for mayor. Who's going to be paying for that? <laughs> and I'm just thinking like businesses, yeah. businesses downtown. <laughs> so that's immediately, that's what I, my mind went to when I saw that, especially since it was like, so like hush, hush undercover. I know that you're a, a journalist and you can't uh, play with me in this uh, conspiracy theory lane, but <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. I hear what you're saying. It's not necessarily just conspiracy, what you said, or just your speculation. And as a journalist, I can say for a fact that the timeline matches up. And, and I'm talking specifically, I want to draw a clear line between Southwest Broadway and then Northeast mm -hmm. 33rd. Uh, you know, from what I've learned uh, in reporting, it's that Northeast 33rd, which is the more, more recent one where they tried to remove the bike lane and it was stopped by protesters before they could. That one, I think it's plausible that 
the Peabot staff just like dropped some balls and they forgot to notify the neighbors. And so they ordered that it should just be removed so they could figure out what to do in the mm-hmm. meantime. Uh, I do think that there is a, a general culture which is set by leadership, which might have aided in that in that opinion or, or that decision. But I want to be clear that like what happened on Southwest Broadway was totally different where you did have, uh, you know, you said sort of like, you know, you're doing some conspiracy or whatever, but that was clearly from emails that I've read from sourcing from people who are in meetings with powerful business people and hotel owners with the commissioner around the same time that his new director ordered uh, that the bike lanes on Southwest Broadway to be redesigned to a less safe version. Uh, all that stuff matched up. You know, you have somebody who bought a new building on Alder and Broadway, uh, somebody who's the CEO of one of the biggest downtown commercial property holders, uh, basically asking Commissioner Matz for a bunch of favors to like help their storefront, you know, and waive some fees so they could revitalize their their building there. Uh, and and also I have a, as a fact that that same person who, who CEO of Melvin Mark Investments saying that they absolutely hate the Broadway bike lane. Right. And within the same amount of days where the, the director of Peabody is meeting with that person and meeting with Commissioner Maps, and then in the same same time frame, they're ordering uh, Peabot staff to uh, change the design of the bike lane, even though Peabot staff specifically said you should never you should not do this. It's a terrible mm-hmm. idea. It will make the bike lane less safe. Uh, and then when they do it, of course, like you said, there was all this spin from Commissioner Maps's office to try to play it off as if as if people were just misunderstanding it or uh, didn't quite have the story when it was like, no commissioner, we actually have the story. And it's, you look either like severely uh, incompetent or disrespectful to Portlanders that you think we're going to believe you and what you're trying to say. Like that we're that dumb. Yeah, exactly. I mean, like, (laughs) and then, you know, just more recently, someone asked him about the the Broadway stuff at a town Uh hall. uh, And he, you know, he ended up like, mentioning my coverage and saying that that's not how he that's not how he saw it happening and what the commissioner's office has been trying to do and the commissioner himself and and Peabot to some degree and the, and the Peabot director as well who's also very closely tied into this stuff about we need to balance the needs of all portlanders and you know that kind of idea which it sounds good maybe politically to them and to the people they talk to and maybe a lot of portlanders are nodding like yeah we do need to balance you know what we can't but the reality is that's not what our goals say we need to do. And that's not the kind of thing we need to do to kind of meet the moment, whether it's climate, traffic deaths, all that kind of stuff. We have to actually keep the roads imbalanced. We need to make bicycling more attractive than driving for trips three miles or less. That That's actually a quote from our comprehensive plan, right? So the idea that we should balance the needs is just an incorrect reading of policy. So to have leadership speaking words like that, I think is a, a huge red flag and is, and is very problematic. So uh, it's it's an interesting sort of strange time at Peabot. And I think it speaks to the fact that there's been so many rank and file uh, Peabot staff that have reached out to me anonymously yes. to try to give me a heads up about what's going on. I mean, I've been covering this beat for 18 years and I've never never had that level of concern uh, from actual Peabot staff. And I think the community should be grateful for them because without them, we wouldn't have any of this. It's really courageous of them to do that, seriously, you know? Yeah. Um, Didn't Peabot just put in some large cylinder blocks on the really dangerous Northeast 21st bike lane 
uh, turnout? Yeah, for sure. Did some stories about that. Uh, that's they, they definitely did that in the last couple of days. They put these like 2,000 pound concrete. They're actually planters. People might have seen them in their neighborhoods. They use these planters for like diverting traffic through like neighborhood greenways. Some of them actually do get planted with nice, nice flowers and things in neighborhoods. And they've placed them in the in the bike lane there at Northeast 21st because there's an unprotected bike lane in a curve. And it was a two-way bike lane. So you're actually biking directly into oncoming oh uh, drivers. And we had this thing happen back in August where this woman was hit right there at that same point where they put the, where they installed these concrete barricades. And it was like the most horrific video I've ever seen. I, oh uh, yeah. That video is like, I mean, if you, if you want to search it, I think they took it down though, right? Like, yeah, I hope it's not out there. It was pretty messed up. Yeah, it was messed up. But even, even if it just, it was just out for a couple hours and people really remembered it very clearly. And, and I think that had something to do with Peabot putting these barricades out there. So, um, and it's, it's a move that a lot of people applauded. It's a great, it's a great move. You know, if Commissioner Maps or anybody else wants to like, you know, win the favor of, you know, a majority of Portlanders, you would be like, you know, committing to putting this kind of protection on, on our streets and on our bike lanes more regularly. You know, they could say a hundred, a hundred barriers in the next 30 days or something. I mean, this stuff is so, so popular and important. Um, so to see them put these concrete barricades down was a huge, uh, relief. It made people feel really good. Uh, and, and within the context of them actually trying to erase bike lanes in other parts of the world and other parts of the city, uh, people's kind of are having sort of whiplash right now, folks that follow this closely. It's interesting, right? I'll be honest. This feels like a really shitty boyfriend. Do you know what I mean? Like you're just <laughs> like Peabot is like, I'm no, just yeah, like, yeah. dude, you know, like, <laughs> like, like yeah, they're right, just right. like one day they just treat you like crap. And then you're like, we're, we're breaking up. And then the next day they're just like, oh my God, I, you know, there's a puppy at my door and like, I wanted this puppy and like, thank you. It's true. It's a lot, you know? And like, it's, I'm sorry, but yeah. if this is like what we're going to see. I mean, this is Mingus's Maps Bureau. If this is how things are run, I do not. I mean, the him as a mayor, really, right now, I'm kind of a little frightened. Yeah, I, I think that I, I do think that's a, a big takeaway for folks that don't really follow transportation stuff or necessarily care about it. You know, a lot that are listening to this, it's like the way that the commissioner has navigated this stuff and the stuff that's going on at Peabot, which is a massive, massive bureau. It's very complicated you know, six, 700 employees, something like that. The way the morale is right there is at an all time low. Uh, they just keep making mistake after mistake or, you know, uh, it, things are not great at all. And if this is how he, that the commissioner manages a bureau, yeah, like you said, uh, what does it say about his ability to do something that's even a bigger job, you know, like, like run for mayor. So uh, that to me is where, a, why this story is, you know, important beyond just some bike lanes. Mm-hmm. All right, well, let's take a quick break here. And when we come back, Jonathan is going to tell us how all this bike lane drama is shaking out. I'm just curious, how did the Southwest uh, Broadway bike lane fiasco shake out? You know, you did make Commissioner Mingus maps really mad. Are you able to spill any more tea? <laughs> Are, are they done? Are they going to go into the like cover of night and continue to mess with those? Or like, is it, do you think that they're walking away from that one? Absolutely. I mean, we sufficiently, I think, scared them away from messing with that bike lane. If they were to go and do anything on Broadway, it would be, you know, like a level of like rioting and protest that would basically shut the bureau down, I think. So in the meantime, what they're going to end up doing is just like 
doing a few different changes out uh, to the bike lane on Broadway to make it work better for everybody, which is mm -hmm. great, which they could have just, they should have yeah. just done initially. Right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh man. Um, yeah. Well, I've been following your reporting on this and, uh, I, I just feel like it's like the bike lane gate, you know, it's, it's just like, it started with the Southwest Broadway, which has so many layers and so many different, you know, points as to why this started. And then there's the more, as you're saying, innocuous, like Northeast 33rd, which really was like maybe a miscommunication with Peabot which already just shows a, a bit of incompetency there as well, but on a different level. So now we're going to waste more money that we don't have to do something that's going to annoy everyone. Uh, but then it's like, but look, look, we're doing something good. Here are some big stuff. Like they're showing us like what they could be, <laughs> which is working with the community, actually completing the goals that they've set out. So I don't know, man. Like, <laughs> I mean, this is like your beat. Like, what are you foreseeing the next year for Peabot? Like, what do you think is going to happen? Well, I think... The change in the, the government structure, you know, charter reform stuff is going to have a huge impact um, just because a lot of people that have been reading, reading the reporting on Bike Portland are saying that this is these are great examples of why we need to scrap this commissioner form of government. Right. I mean, Commissioner Maps, the talents he has or the whatever he's got, it's like, you know, he's only been commissioner since January. And this is a pattern that just keeps happening. You have these people that just show up. And they don't really, they don't really know the staff. They don't have that rapport. They don't have the like leadership and vision around this specific topic that they need to have. And so they do crazy stuff. Uh, so that in the, in the longer term, right next year, I think that's going to change a lot. And if you look at the slate of candidates, it's so exciting. You know, like a lot of them, if you're into transportation and like how the city exists in the future and whether or not you can like breathe the air and like not die when you step off a curb, you should be really excited about the slate of city council candidates because they understand transportation and the stuff that's trying to trying to be done in this town. Um, but in the more short term, what I see is hopefully some stability coming within the budget talks. Um, I do not think that Mayor Wheeler, who is on his way out, announcing that he's not going to run for mayor. I don't think he wants to preside over a situation where Peabot basically dies on the vine and has to be sort of a, a, a focus of like national ridicule as being a, basically a, like a defunded uh, agency. I think Mayor Wheeler is like the smartest person on transportation right now when, it, when on council in terms of just like being thoughtful and understanding it. And I think he's going to take some pride in terms of like a legacy mm -hmm. thing to maybe brokering a deal that's going to have maybe all the other bureaus chip in 1% of their general fund, right, to help Peabot get through this tough patch. There's some other options uh, on the table on how, how Peabot can get through this. And I think it's going to take some political arm bending uh, from the mayor with, uh, with Commissioner Maps. But I think in the short term, that's where we can maybe look for some, hopefully some stability. What gets lost in all this is that Peabot is still full of like, a lot of the smartest people in the room, a lot of the smartest people, most dedicated public servants uh, in the country around transportation. I can remember a time when they would travel the country and speak at all these different conferences and everybody wanted to come to Portland and, and work at Peabot. And uh, the vestiges of that are still there. It's just a matter of kind of like, you know, riding the ship a bit. Right. Well, strength and like courage to all the Peabot workers that um, are still there trying to fight that fight. I hope that they do get a good leader. And Jonathan, thank you so much for all the reporting that you do and for coming on today and, and, and telling us a little bit more about what's going on. You're welcome. Thank you, Claudia. Good to be here. And now for your microdose of news. 
For what may be the first time in state history, a Portland suburb's push to expand the urban growth boundary is going to ballot after critics challenged the decision. City leaders in North Plains approved a plan to double the official size of its town, which sits far west on the Portland area's urban growth boundary. Now, leaders hope the expansion will attract semiconductor factories and more housing, but critics argue data centers won't create jobs and expensive subdivisions won't fix a housing crisis. And in response to a recent episode discussing Commissioner Mingus Maps going back on his support for the Frog Ferry to be added to the Regional Transportation Plan, which would then make it eligible for federal funding, a listener had this to say. Maps' suggestion that a ferry would negatively impact Peabot's budget, especially given the already alarming $32 million shortfall, is complete fabrication. The Biden federal infrastructure bill has increased specific funding for ferries from $40 million to $300 million, and we are in year two of that bill. If the city of Portland doesn't partner with Frog Ferry now, giving it the chance to compete in 2024 for the last year of this kind of funding, we will have missed a phenomenal opportunity to increase transit options for Portlanders. And being that ferry funding is its own category, PBOT is unaffected by how ferry funds are dispersed. The real cost of the city is in-kind access to the two underutilized and city-owned docks, Cathedral Park and River Place. That's all the ferry needs to be able to start writing for federal grant monies and to put commuter transit on the water. Since Maps and his staff were given ample information and were fully briefed by Frog Ferry, to imply otherwise suggests a malicious campaign of misinformation. Thanks to Jennifer for writing in with her comments. If you'd like to send us a note, you can do so at portland at citycast.fm or leave us a voicemail at 503-208-5448. For even more local news and events, sign up for our daily newsletter, Hey Portland. We'll throw a link in the show notes. Well, that's all for today here on CityCast Portland. Thanks so much for listening. We'll be back tomorrow morning with more from around the city. Until then, see you at Slim's. Slim's.